Welcome to River City 360. I'm your host, Nolan Bicknell. On today's show, we're talking walkability, specifically Winnipeg's walkability. Uh, one of our partners, Community News Commons, hosted a panel discussion led by our very own Noah Ehrenberg on Thursday night. Uh, it was a great event with tons of crowd participation and interaction. Robert Zirk is on his way into the studio to share some highlights of the event and to hopefully spark some great discussion on just about how walkable Winnipeg is. So we're talking walkability, playing some rocking walking music, and much, much more on today's episode of River City 360. Walkability really depends on, there's two aspects to it. There's the way land is used and there's the way the environment is designed. So, you know, from a land use perspective, to be walkable, you need things to walk to. It needs to be practical to walk. So a walkable neighborhood, for example, is a place where you can get most of the things you need, you know, on a typical day, groceries, financial institutions, a hardware store, etc., within your neighborhood, within a walkable area. That was Robert Galston, a writer, blogger, and city planning grad student, speaking about just exactly what it, what makes a city walkable. Uh, he was one of four panelists that spoke about Winnipeg's walkability on Thursday night to a pretty pretty much a packed house at the Free Press Cafe in the Exchange. Um, so I'm now joined in studio by a different Robert, senior producer for RC360, Robert Zirk. Robert, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So you and I were both at the panel. What were your initial kind of thoughts about about the discussion and about how walkable Winnipeg is? Uh, I thought the discussion was very interesting. Um, Mm -hmm. There was a great discussion. Uh, It covered a lot of topics from walkability in the wintertime to just the way our city is is laid out. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of engagement from the audience as well, which I thought was was awesome. And yeah, a lot of passion. Hey, like people were getting pretty passionate about you know Portage and Maine or about their particular neighborhoods, and it was it was good to see. Definitely, and I think it's a I think it was just a conversation that we really needed to have. We just really needed to have a bunch of people in a room talking about this and discussing these these issues that are so important in many different ways and kind of pushed to the maybe the back burner a lot you know people are more focused on different things and when walkability gets brought up it's kind of a rare occasion so it was it was great to have that conversation uh it was it was kind of uh it was a bit of a hot button issue when when portage and maine got brought up though um about people we're either for or against opening it up to pedestrians again. And uh, Beth McKechnie of the Green Action Center and co-founder of Peg City Car Co-op touched on that issue. I think very symbolic and emblematic of Winnipeg's attitude towards pedestrians, unfortunately, is Portage and Maine. Anytime there's a discussion of whether we should open up Portage and Maine to pedestrians, the immediate reaction is, well, it's going to slow down traffic. And I'm like, no, it's going to slow down people in cars. If I'm standing at the stop at the uh, lights and I'm on foot or I'm on bike, somehow I don't count. But the minute I get behind that car, well, you can't slow me down. I'm in a car. I'm traffic. But pedestrians and cyclists and bus riders don't seem to have that same priority. So I think that's the first thing that we need to do. So Beth kind of makes a good point, Robert. Um, is she fair to assume or to, to state that cars are getting preferential treatment? And what are, what's your personal thoughts on Portage in Maine and, and if they should open it to pedestrians or not? I think she's right about 
car culture kind of overtaking um pedestrian culture pedestrian culture (laughs) um like you you know one of the things that beth mentioned a little later on in the panel is that people think that if we were to open up portage in maine that it would remain exactly the same and nobody's suggesting that um one of the proposals that i had read and i um I forget who had made this suggestion, but uh, they had suggested when it's time for pedestrians to cross to do a, to have a scramble corner. So instead of just walking... That sounds dangerous. A scramble corner at Portage Main? Well, it's just the terminology. Okay. How does it work? Sorry. Instead of just crossing directly in a line from wherever you're going if you need to cross diagonally you you can can cross diagonally or if you need to cross in a straight line one way or the other i feel like i've seen that in new york in places like that in times square or whatever where you know all the traffic stops and Mm -hmm. then all the people walk wherever they need to go yeah and there's no reason why that can't work in portage in maine yeah like really look at how many people that you see in the mornings or afternoons that just run across those lanes and how super dangerous it is. Absolutely. So, I mean, you know, those people don't want to go underground because, you know, it's, it's time. It's a time issue really. Um, and I think, you know, I'm, I apologize. I, I don't have the source for this, but I believe the original reason why those barricades were put up was because, um, the, shop owners underground were concerned about losing that business yeah you're right yeah what about our listeners though i'm interested to seeing other perspectives because it's a very interesting topic and it's a hot button issue so give us a call uh 204-944-9474 extension 290 and leave us a message tell us if you think portage and maine should be open to pedestrians or if you should think everything's if it ain't broke don't fix it and just kind of leave things how they are so 204-944-9474 extension 290 and uh let us know what you think we'd love to hear uh your opinions um but on that note let's let's play let's play a song um how about let's take an old-fashioned walk by perry como right here on river city 360 let's take an old-fashioned walk i'm just bursting with talk what a tale could be told if we went for an old-fashioned walk let's take a stroll through the park down a lane where it's dark And the heart that's controlled May relax on an old-fashioned wall I know for a couple Who seem to be miles apart There's nothing like walking And having a heart to heart I know a girl who declined couldn't make up her mind She was wrapped up and sold Coming home from an old-fashioned ball Some couples go for a buggy ride When they start caring a lot Others will bicycle side by side Out to some romantic spot Some take a ride on a bus But that would not do for us Let's take an old-fashioned walk 
I'm just bursting with talk. What a tale could be told if we went for an old-fashioned war. Let's take a stroll through the park, down a lane where it's dark. And the heart that's controlled may relax on an old-fashioned wall. I know for a couple who seem to be miles apart. There's nothing like walking and having a heart too hard. He knows a girl who declined, couldn't make up her mind. She was wrapped up and sold coming home from an old-fashioned war. He knows a girl who declined, couldn't make up her mind. She was wrapped up and sold coming home from an old-fashioned war. Welcome back to River City 360. Nolan Bicknell here with Robert Zirk, and we're going to continue our discussion about Winnipeg's walkability. So, Robert, tell me a little bit about what area of the city you live in. How walkable is it? Do you feel safe? What's the traffic like? Kind of all of, all of the above for, for your area of the city. Sure. So I live downtown, and I find it to be very walkable. Um, I have a bus stop that's close by, so in the event that I need to get to somewhere that isn't accessible as easily accessible by foot then i'm covered there um you know my banking is close by um it's about a 10 to 15 minute walk depending on the type of day it is in the traffic to go and get groceries okay um i'm you know it's a really it's a really nice area to live in um it's safe uh, like is it safe walking everywhere you don't feel ever like you're getting honked at or or moved along by traffic I think it's pretty safe where I am. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of one-way streets downtown, so there isn't quite the the amount of traffic that, say, uh, Osborne not, would have, for instance. You're not crossing four-lane highways and looking both ways and near-death experiences every time. No, it's uh, it's a pretty safe uh, it's pretty safe to walk around my area. Well, you and, you you mentioned uh, Osborne, and Robert Galston had a had a great commentary about about that area of the city. You could have a great neighborhood plan for Osborne Village and we're going to encourage density and, and encourage all the all the stores and and encourage walking but Osborne still functions like a highway and I think Robert's right when he talks about Osborne as a highway I mean I've lived in the village and I live just off Cordon right now and Cordon's a fantastic walkable area of the city but when you go through Osborne I mean there's there's multiple bus routes going through there there's bikers everywhere there's and I mean there's bumper to bumper traffic at some points in the high congested times and, and areas and like it just doesn't seem like Osborne's sort of touted as the place that's vibrant and walkable and everyone walks to work but it, it's not as good as it probably could be especially for for bussers and for bikers when everything has to be so congested into one one little area Definitely. Um, and, and I mean, I've seen how uh, I've seen kind of examples. I think it kind of comes back to sometimes there's a lack of respect between uh, motorists and, and bikers and other yeah, and cyclists as well. Yeah. Um, and I've seen examples on both sides, um, you know, one time. So not really taking sides here, but to give an <laughs> example of, of, you know, 
things that I've seen. Uh, you know, I've once seen a cyclist who was biking against traffic Jeez. on the wrong side of the road on a one-way street when there was a perfectly unused bike lane wow. with two bike lanes, like really that's really dangerous no kidding and then on the other hand i've seen cars turn into said bike lane oh and use God. the bike lane as an additional car lane which you are definitely not supposed to do and that's the thing like so much of the city has no bike access or proper cycling lanes and stuff that it's kind of a wild west okay yeah. because cyclists are sometimes on the wrong end of the law but at the same time they don't always have places to go so it's it's kind of a crazy you know wild west out there especially for, for when for yeah, cyclists yeah and especially when uh you know there's so little protection like what is there right. stopping you know what is there between the cyclist and a car but like the smallest curb in mm -hmm. most places and it's only now that winnipeg is starting to focus more on having protected bike lanes right. where cyclists are at a safe distance from moving cars mm -hmm. well it's all very interesting stuff but uh, after the break i think we'll we'll return the conversation to walking and to jane's walk which actually today is the last day may 3rd uh, sunday is the last day of jane's walks so and i understand you went on a jane's walk on friday yes i did cool so when we come back after the musical break we'll talk about jane's walk and your experiences there but first here's uh, the song downtown by petula clark you're listening to river city 360 when you're alone and life is making you lonely, you can always go downtown. When you've got worries, all the noise and the hurry seems to help, I know. Downtown, just listen to the music of the traffic in the city. Linger on the sidewalk where the neon signs are pretty. How can you lose the so much brighter there You can't forget all your troubles Forget all your cares So go downtown Things will be great When you're downtown No final place For sure downtown Everything's waiting For you Downtown Don't hang around let your problems surround you There are movie shows Downtown Maybe you know some little places to go to Where they never close Downtown Just listen to the rhythm of a gentle bottom over You'll be dancing with them too Before the night is over Happy again The lights are much brighter there can't forget all your troubles, forget all your cares, so go downtown, where all the lights are bright, downtown, waiting for you tonight, downtown, you're gonna be alright
We can forget all our troubles, forget all our cares. So go downtown. Things will be great when you're downtown. Don't wait a minute more. Downtown. Everything's waiting for you. Welcome back to River City 360. Great song, hey? Downtown. Wonderful song. Petula Clark. Amazing. Uh, so, you're listening to River City 360. Views and news are from around Winnipeg. Today, uh, we've been covering the event hosted by Community News Commons, the What's Our Walkability panel discussion at the Free Press News Cafe on Thursday this took place. Uh, so, we've already heard from Robert Galston and, and Beth McKechnie, but there there were actually two other panelists, including Matt Caro, city organizer for Jane's Walk Winnipeg. And uh, during the, the panel discussion, he was uh, sort of encouraging the audience to participate in a Jane's Walk, which is taking place this weekend. And I guess today is the last day of, of Jane's Walk. So um, he told us about a pretty interesting walk that's actually taking place today at noon. Gail Perry and David Furman are leading a walk Sunday at 12, okay. So this walk is called Plain Jane, a walk to the airport, and they're going to be walking from Wolseley to the airport. Yeah. It's not a gimmick, so this is something that they, they have done before. They love walking. They've done long-distance walks in Europe, um, and they've actually taken, they've actually walked themselves to the airport when they're just going for, well, they called it a light carry-on trip to Europe. Like, maybe one day I'll be able to do a light carry-on trip to Europe, but uh, anyways, if you read the description of their walk, it's really nice because they talk about reclaiming spaces that are dominated by automobiles, experiencing these environments, which we usually experience by car in a totally different way, and the surprising things you find along the way, you know, for example, Omens Creek sort of goes up around there, and there's parts of it that apparently are quite healthy and maybe I think there's a parts of it that have been restored. Interesting. So, and I would imagine that there's a few other interesting Jane's walks this weekend that might be areas that you wouldn't necessarily think about that would be a nice area to walk in. Yes, indeed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So as Noah said, uh, Robert, there are some pretty interesting walks all over the city. And as today is the last day to participate, could you tell us some of the walks that our listeners could potentially go on this afternoon or this morning? Absolutely. So starting as early as 10 o'clock today, there are 13 uh, walks, oh. Jane's walks going on. Um, some of them include at 11 a.m. There's Jewish Winnipeg, a historical North End perspective. Cool. Uh, we already heard about Plain Jane happening at noon. Yep. Um, at two o'clock, there's uh, Neighborhoods Change, which is uh, the walk led by panelist Robert Galston, and uh, cool. they'll be exploring the North Point Douglas neighborhood. And uh, also at two, there is contemporary folklore along the Assiniboine, and uh, that's led by Hannah G, and she's an artist, and uh, that one's kind of more... Um, more of that area from a storytelling point of view. Okay, cool. So where can our listeners go to find out more information if they're interested in any of these? These are any of the 13 walks still happening today. Yep. Uh, they can check out janeswalk.org and just find Winnipeg. And uh, yeah, there's walks happening 
anywhere from 10 o'clock to three o'clock in the afternoon. So be sure to check it out. Fantastic. And it's so today's the last day, but I know it started on Friday and I'm told that you got to participate in a walk. How was it on Friday, Saturday? When did you go? Yeah, so it was on Friday. Uh, it was the very first Jane's Walk for Winnipeg cool. of uh, this 2015 season. And uh, the walk was called It Starts at City Hall, Accessibility, Universal Design, and Inclusive Urban Planning. Okay. And it was led by Marcella Poirier and Wins Bridgman of uh, Bridgman Collaborative Architecture. Okay. Uh, so it was very, very interesting. What um, kinds of things did they, what did you see? What did they talk about? Uh, what did you learn? Uh, it was just a little short noon hour walk. But we just, we started at City Hall, as the name of the walk would suggest, and we just went to a few areas nearby, Old Market Square and around the Exchange District, and looked at specifically a few areas and also three courtyards, and got a sense of how are these courtyards accessible and what can still be done to improve their accessibility um one of the things that was really cool about it was how interactive it was so it wasn't just a walking tour with someone just kind of talking at you and then going to another spot um certainly the walk leaders kind of guided the discussion Mm -hmm. but it uh there was a lot of participation from people involved and we also had a chance to kind of rate how we thought the accessibility was interestingly most people uh rated those courtyard areas at about a three out of five so pretty good but also with some room for improvement as well interesting so how many people are on the walk i would say about 13 or 14 people good little turnout then yeah not a bad turnout for for the lunch hour it's very interesting how you can kind of go on a walk where you've probably been multiple times before and you know learn something new or have a a, an interesting experience like that definitely that actually that kind of reminds me of a con or a comment that we had during the panel discussion where a woman went on a jane's walk years ago and it actually changed her life significantly so uh, have you been on jane's walks the three of you you have been i kind of know matt has okay and, and, Laura. Yes, yes. I just encourage people who haven't been here, haven't been on Jane's Walks to consider them. And I have a bit of an anecdote that about four or five years ago, I went on a walk that Rob was leading in North Point Douglas, and I didn't know anything about that neighborhood. And that was a catalyst. It wasn't the sole factor, but I subsequently ended up building a house in the area and, and living there. And, and it was an, an initial introduction to a really interesting, historic, charming, diverse, challenging, like really an, a wonderful neighborhood. And um, so it was a great walk. So thanks, Rob. And, and don't come on my walk unless you're prepared to uh, build a house or buy one or something. So bring a checkbook. That was the initial introduction. And I had had, my, my partner was keen. And I didn't really know other than negative stories about living in, 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 the, you know, in the hood. And it was a totally different introduction. It was great. So I don't know if all walks are like that. And I've been on many different walks. But I think if you go with an open mind, there's just so many discoveries when you're a walker. Discoveries is right. And I mean, today, like we've said multiple times, it's sort of the last day to go on a Jane's Walk. There's plenty available. Go to janeswalk.org and uh, you'll really enjoy yourself. You never know what you're going to find. So, Robert, could you tell us a little bit? uh, I know the discussion lasted about two hours on Thursday night and we've only covered really a small sliver. So could you uh, 
tell us what's in store for next week's episode. Coming up next week on River City 360, we'll continue our coverage of how walkable Winnipeg is and look at some of the health benefits. Uh, Panelist Sheila Graham, she's the Healthy Built Environment Specialist at the Winnipeg Regional Health Authority. She'll tell us a little bit more about that. We'll also have some of the highlights from the Jane's Walk that I went on on Friday and we'll talk to the walk leaders behind that and ask them about why they got interested in Jane's Walk and what they think about the walkability of our city. And we'll also have a regular segment with Noah Ehrenberg of Community News Commons and take a look at what's new in the world of citizen journalism this week. Great, I can't wait to hear it. Uh, now, uh, part four of your series about Winnipeggers who, through foresight, planning, and generosity, created a lasting legacy and helped make their community a better place, right here on River City 360. Margaret McTavish Conance made a tremendous contribution to Winnipeg and Canada. Born in 1899, Conance was the great-great-granddaughter of Sir George Simpson, governor of the Hudson's Bay Company. She was the first woman from Manitoba to be elected to the House of Commons, and later travelled the world as one of Canada's representatives to the United Nations. Conance was also one of the founders of Winnipeg's Central Volunteer Bureau and the Patriotic Salvage Corps, among other local projects. She passed away in 1967. Margaret Conance had foresight. She and her family gave to their community through discretionary funds at the Winnipeg Foundation. Gifts of $225,000 were endowed, creating permanent sources of support for local charitable projects. Today, with a market value of almost $450,000, the total amount distributed to the community exceeds the value of the gift. Since gifts to the Foundation are endowed, they continue to support our community for good, forever. Over time, grants made surpass the value of the original gift, multiplying the positive impact in our community. When you give to the Winnipeg Foundation, you're joining Mrs. Conance and thousands of others with the foresight to support our community for good forever. That's a wrap on this week's episode of River City 360. I'd like to take a moment to thank our panelists and basically everyone who attended and participated at the What's Our Walkability panel that was held by uh, Community News Commons. It was a great success and we're really happy to sort of keep the discussion going about our city's walkability during the entire month of May where uh, RC360 will be focusing on neighborhoods all throughout Winnipeg. River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg, is a project of the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with Community News Commons and CJNU 93.7 FM. Please give us a call. We want to hear from you. So call 204-944-9474, extension 290, and uh, leave us a comment about the show or about opening up Portage and Maine to pedestrians or about Winnipeg's walkability in general, or you can request a song or suggest a topic for a future show. We just want to hear from you, so give us a call. I'm Nolan Bicknell signing off for River City 360. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week. Have a nice day. Thank you.